the Cal Halbert Podcast. Hello, friends. Thank you for downloading and listening to this week's episode of the Cal Halbert Podcast. My guest this week is one of the most polarising people I know. You either love him or you hate him. It's the one and only Kelvin McKenzie. We know Kelvin as the most successful editor of The Sun, selling millions upon millions of copies every single day. He's also appeared on shows like This Morning and Question Time. On top of that, he's also been on Would I Lie to You as well. We talk about all sorts of things, including how tough it's been to be in the newspaper industry through the coronavirus pandemic. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. The Cal Halbert Podcast. Well, I'm very pleased to say that on the show today, the Cal Halbert Podcast, I've got the one, the only, my friend Kelvin McKenzie. Hi, Kelvin. Yeah. Hi there, Cal. Hope all good with you. Yes, all good. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very, very much for doing the the show. Uh, I need to start with another thank you as well, because you were the person that got me and gave me my first chance in sports radio. So we'll start with a thank you. I'll get you on side, Kelvin. Right. Well, you are unique in one respect. (laughs) First of all, A, in thanking me, but also secondly, in being the only person in sport radio who knew nothing about sport. Which was, which was, which was an interesting point. But the, the issue about you was that your talents were in lots of different areas, and sport was uh, was not necessarily one of them. But it didn't, it wasn't a distraction. Let me put it that way. <laughs> well, thank you. I will take that as a compliment as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a backhanded Kel- one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Well, Kevin, as I said, we met at, at Love Sport Radio, um, but we know you best of all for being the most successful editor of The Sun. Um, at, I've, I've, be honest, I've done a bit of research into you, and you only finished school with one O level. Is that right? Um, uh, yes, I. Uh, but I was a disaster at school. I went to a good school. Um, not that they're particularly pleased about uh, me as their alma mater, but being is that... Um, I uh, went to Alain's in uh, Dulwich, which is uh, number one, uh, now a private school. I got a scholarship there through the London Borough of Southwark, which is a very socialist, Marxist kind of organisation. And um, they would absolutely hate the idea that they had in any way contributed towards a a private school education. Anyway, pretty good school. Um, I didn't like school. Uh, I didn't like being told what to do. Uh, I didn't like learning. And I took uh, eight, uh, what were then O-levels or GCSEs, and uh, failed the lot. <laughs> and my, no, no, that's not right. Sorry, I got one. My parents were devastated, very ambitious, clever people, hoping great things for their uh, eldest son. And uh, so I then went to a local um, kind of uh, sick form college, as it would be today, and so that I took the whole eight again, so they'd be on one piece of paper, so that this disaster, nobody would ever know anything about it. <laughs> what happened? I then failed the lot. So <laughs> I hold the UK and native and all comers record for taking uh, 16 uh, GCSEs and passing one. <laughs> and today, today, under that basis, I'd be bloody lucky to get on the kickstart scheme. <laughs> and, and for anybody who's listening... Who is on the kickstart scheme? I apologise for indicating <laughs> they might be dim, but I'm just making the point. 
Well, you are synonymous with, with working in media, Kelvin. You, you've worked in any job that's worth doing. You've probably forgotten more than what most people have ever learned in media. Um, how do you think the coronavirus pandemic has affected um, from all sorts, from, from newspapers up to, to, to big media companies? Right. Well, it's it, uh, it's been uh, pretty much a disaster financially, but that's in a lot of areas. I mean, my God, you worry about the media. Yeah. Um, imagine if you're in the pub business or you're, for instance, imagine you're in the nightclub business. Yeah. Or or even worse than that, imagine if you were in the Djokovic PR business. <laughs> uh, mind you, you'd be busy, you'd be busy <laughs> denying it all. Um, no, it's been pretty much a disaster. Has really... Uh, I think so. Killed, uh, killed papers in in one sense. Mm-hmm. Unless you are in a if you are a free uh, if you are a on the book stands paper, and that's where you're making your money through people actually paying money for for a product where you cut down trees and smear ink on them, and then deliver them often back in the direction where the tree came from, um, uh, you're, you're in a degree of trouble, which is where a popular newspaper like The Sun has a problem. Yeah. Their future is in an online world. Um, the Sun tried subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Times has never been more profitable. Yeah. Give Rupert his absolute credit. He must have invested way north of a billion quid, losing wow. an absolute fortune. Along came subscription, and that has turned out to be a dramatically successful because obviously if you don't have to cut down trees, you don't have to smear shrink, you don't have to smear ink on it, you don't have to own uh, huge uh, plants to print them on, you don't have to do any of that. You can just go boom, and from what you've written, somebody can read, and you can charge them I don't know how much. I think my subscription is like 55 quid a month or something. It's It's very good value. So that's for the times. At the bottom end, they tried it with the sun. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. So the sun has a massive question mark over it, which then leads to A, losses, and B, um, therefore, job cuts. Why, why do you think it didn't work with the sun, though, Kelvin? Uh, because if your skin... You don't want to pay for something which you can find as free. I mean, the people who mainly discovered that is the the porn business, of course. (laughs) Um, But so, uh, you know, it's a massive problem for them. And they're wrestling with it and they're doing their best. But what they're doing is they're going to lay people off. Mm. And if you lay off journalism, then all you're left, you lay off journalists, all you're left with is a blank piece of paper. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that can't work. So you've either got to improve your journalism or sell the paper onto another person who thinks they've got a better idea. That will not happen while Rupert's alive. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't like giving up on it, even though he's losing money. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he doesn't want somebody else to make it a success when he couldn't. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. So there's a big dollop of ego in there, but the minute he, (laughs) the minute he, the minute he dies, not quite the minute, but, you know, within while he's still, you know, being lowered gently into the ground, some 
some, um, somebody within the family, somebody within the company will say, we've got to get rid of that loss maker. Yeah. And I'm here to help. Hmm. So, so, so it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time for anybody in, in a, in a product. I mean, I, you probably don't even t t take a paper. I take both the subscription and I take the times. Yeah. If you took out of my blue top dustbin anything that wasn't a paper, a newspaper, yeah, there would be virtually nothing in it. <laughs> the truth about the matter is, the truth about the matter is the single biggest um, uh, kind of uh, reducer of trees is is the newspaper business so i don't see them survive i i just don't see right now when i say i don't see it surviving i do see always some papers printed and yes. the reason for that is it gives them a personality mm -hmm. whereas remember if you just take a newspaper online what personality has it got yeah you don't know what it considers important what its headlines are what it's what it's it, political it's, it's nothing more than a blog is it it's nothing more it, than, a, than a blog it's, or yeah, a YouTube it, channel. it's a well done finely edited blog you're correct so they will continue to produce newspapers in order to show from which direction you're coming from yeah. and the other thing that is going to change dramatically is in my time we were selling four four and a half million a day wow an enormous an enormous number i mean when you think today you know, basically, more people see my rear end than by the by the <laughs> by the sun most days. That's not true, but it, it's a very small number. Yeah. So, um, you know, that had some commercial. It was making a fortune. It was making it was making like two hundred and fifty at the top of the game. It was making like five five million quid a week. Wow. I mean, it was a fantastic, possibly more. When was this, thing, also, Kelvin? What what sort of time frame uh, that was up to about the, the, the mid 90s yeah right and then it started a kind of thing and and the current management and editorship that plunged it straight downhill you know and um i'm sorry if the editor's listening but i have to <laughs> on repeated occasions that the paper is crap and that something needs to be done about it would you thank me for thank me for my advice well, well what was it kelvin because from you from your own admittance you said yeah. that your your articles weren't weren't the best but you knew how to write a headline and you knew how to lay out the paper so what was it that that made your son so to speak so successful uh well and it's very i'm very gratified to hear praise um, not least of all, because that will be the first time that's happened now in uh, three decades. Um, <laughs> mind you, I remember hearing Murdoch once say to, uh, right, they have big, big, huge wooden doors uh, at the at the uh, News UK offices. And inside those doors was, um, was Murdoch, was Murdoch's office. And he was talking to a guy called David Montgomery, who was the editor of News of the World, clever bloke. And all you could hear through the doors was Murdoch shouting out. <laughs> and the line I remember most, I remember it like it was half an hour ago, saying, I don't like you, and I don't like your paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, do you know what, David, there's not a lot of places you can go with that, is there? <laughs> anyway, look, the, the bottom line is that with that, with that huge circulation came the opportunity 
to flex your political muscles. Yes. So during my time, I was personally a massive Thatcherite, mm -hmm. as well as as well as being well well as being the editor. By the way, if you, if you if you weren't in tune with with the direction of travel that either Murdoch was going on or the country was going on, yeah. you might as well just go and go and get go and get you redundo and say thank you very much indeed. And well, I do think, Kelvin, ninety percent, ninety percent of the time of your career, obviously, no one can be a hundred percent, but ninety percent of the time, I would say, you've been right with where the the public are going. Yes, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was easier with Thatcher because the country was completely on its ass. Yeah, I mean, totally on its ass, and the only way was up. Now, of course, the left don't want you to change. They they want you to be skinned. They want you to. Um, they want to always to be sending the bill to to uh, somebody who earns more than the average. You know, they want to pull the whole game down. And if you're not like that, and one of the issues that anyway, so so it had a lot of political power, although you didn't really realise what political power looked like. I think Murdoch understood it. Yeah. Obviously, from a young kid, he himself says that he recognised that if you had the politicians on your side, uh, deals could happen. Yeah. Whereas if you didn't, deals couldn't happen. And of course, that was true. And he bought the Times. Uh, Thatcher moved aside um, the restraints to allow him to own the Times. And it's been a great thing, a great thing. Without a Murdoch in charge, uh, no ordinary person would shove a billion down the uh, down the drain um but so for the future of newspapers uh, as as products not very good and the other issue i think you face is that if you don't go for subscription mm -hmm. um uh, so i expect the guardian to finally move over hey, look i don't agree with this politics excellent journalism if you want that kind of stuff yes. right and if you want that kind of stuff you should go and see psychiatrist and explain how your mum never liked you, you know. But um, uh, so uh, th they will definitely make the move. That leaves Mail Online. Now, Mail Online, has, uh, Rothermere has done a phenomenal job there, invested and then kept on investing. And he, he has effectively become the West's global news provider. And you've got to give him credit, Mail Online. You, you can read it at one, two, or three different levels, if you like. Yeah. Um, and they've maintained that very kind of conservative approach, although with uh, with Boris being such a, you know, a question mark against him right now, I, I noticed that, they, that the guns are moving around against him, you know, but there we are. What's your, opinion, fact, of, what's your opinion of Boris at the moment, Kelvin? Well, I think the, I think the problem for him... Uh, I admire him no end for get Brexit done. And remember, there's there's gen there's leaders for war and there's leaders for peace, mm -hmm. right? So there was a war going on. The Brexit war had to be resolved. The country had didn't fancy Corbyn and didn't want to have endless Brexit Remainer debates. So they were pleased to get things done. He the the party has been the, the party gate's been a disaster, um, and. Um, and this is the first occasion that I can remember where the 
the move to oust him comes not from the colleagues behind you, which is the ones uh, that you always have to be wary of. Yeah. But it's actually coming, my sense, is from the people. Yes. They are, everybody has a story. I have one about my mother's funeral and only, you know, X number of people there. How people weren't allowed to have uh, have their mates around or their or their families around, get on, get on the piss and have a bloody good night, you know, or whatever. Um and we're by and large, by and large, doing the right thing. Yes. And what's clear is that um, uh, number 10, they had abandoned the class. And so that leads us to where the sun is today, because uh, James Slag, for a very brief time, was director of comms at number 10. He became, because he'd been, a, he'd been in journalism before, he became deputy editor of the sun. So they've been sitting there. Right, right. So he's the deputy editor. They've been sitting there writing editorials. Isn't it disgusting? Burris, shambles, tourist shambles, more alcohol than brains, all the rest of it. All the time. And old James has been right in a way. Fantastic. Should do this, do that. Oh, shocking. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. What was that? Oh, you were there at one. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you've just issued through PA this morning. Uh, distinct apology. Uh, I'm not sure that you can write any more of those editors. You can't write any more of those comment pieces, James. So, I mean, you know, it, 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 honestly, if, if you saw this in, in either Drop the Dead Donkey or W1AA, and in a lot of companies, it won't happen. It won't happen in News, News UK. Ruba is a pretty benign employer, as I know to my advantage, uh, because if he weren't, uh, Rebecca Brooks would be pushing a broom outside little, right? <laughs> but he's, he's, I'm sorry, who's that? You've had uh, Little's HR on. Okay, make it all this. Um, and um, and uh, therefore, uh, therefore he, he won't, he won't, uh, he won't suffer. But um, it, it's amazing the way the world is. And of course, within within the kind of um, newspapers, media, uh, number ten, all the rest of it, they're all they're all revolving around each other all the time. So everybody, people listening to your podcast, um, they're all saying to themselves, and this is what's led to uh, the nationhood of Wales, Northern Ireland, Scotland. They're saying London is London. But actually, it's got bugger all to do with me. They don't give a toss about me. They're only interested in me, in me uh, once every four or five years for my vote. Yeah. And so when an issue like this comes up, they say, oh, there we are. There's the, there's the truth of it. Don't give us stuff. And, of course, in a way, the media are part of that as well. Yes. The London media is part, is part of that. I mean, you know, you've got courts down here, you've got parliament down here, you've got loads of power down here and loads of wealth of the city down here. Therefore, it's bound to be the centre of the country. Yes. But so an ordinary person is saying to themselves, well, actually, I, I, I did make an effort. You know, I would say 95, 97% of the country really had a go. Then when they see when they see uh, Boris, of course, he'd be sitting there lying his chump off. Uh, nothing, nothing went on. What's that? You've got you've got the goods on it. You've got the pictures. Uh, I am so so sorry. You know, it, it, it is. It is 
And I, I do believe that for the first time, anyway, the, the plates are moving. We've got big issues coming up this year. Yeah. Partygate will get forgotten. But it's another reason why you, you shouldn't, might not necessarily vote for him, which will be problematic for the Tories. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, what people won't realise nowadays is how powerful a newspaper was back when you were editing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're saying four, four and a half million, which is huge. It's absolutely yeah. huge. Whereas... Well, well, well uh, two and a half and three to reading a paper. Yeah. yeah it's 12, 13 million people. You, you, you basically had a quarter of the country or perhaps more, a third of the country, a third of the country that could read. Hold yeah. on a second. UK. That'll be eighty percent of the country that could read. Thanks very much. Um, and um, anyway, the uh, so it, it, it was it was big, although it didn't feel big. I must be honest with you. You had no idea this was a straightforward job. You come in in the morning, rather bad tempered, and uh, you went home at nine o'clock at night, very bad tempered, and then you went round to Boris's place for a few sherbets. <laughs> But I think, but I suppose there's that argument now that social media things don't go away yeah. as quickly, and the, yeah. the age-old argument was, well, it's tomorrow's chip paper. But yeah. it, it, I don't think it was that. I think newspapers were far more powerful than what people could, people could ever yeah. imagine now. Yeah. Well, social media is. If you take something like Twitter, I'm on Twitter a bit, so I get I get a fair old bucket load, you know. I, makes me laugh to think that people are so aggravated you know some of them haven't got the got enough brains to hold their ass apart either <laughs> you know, really they, they really they really ought to uh, they ought to get to know themselves a bit better um but twitter is a left-wing platform yep um i don't use facebook um i'm too good looking for instagram <laughs> and um i am the i am the ronaldo of the over 90s um and um, but that is where a lot of the energy comes from. Yeah. And what, what surprises me about mainstream media is the fact that they give um, voice to people that on Twitter, they say a Twitter storm started yesterday. Da, 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 da. One said, I, I don't know where that, where that, who that one is. I suspect yeah. that they are. They're in a. They're living. They're living in a garden shed somewhere. You know, <laughs> fighting, fighting, fighting with the badgers. Yeah. Is Twitter nuts, handles you know? at sheds for life or something like that? It's... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and why should anybody care what this person thinks? I, <laughs> I, I, I've no idea. Well, I, I would definitely like to know two things. Uh, it makes it much more difficult, and this is why Twitter does not want to do it. Is who you are. And so you've got to give your proper name. You can't be, you know, you know, most of them are Del Boy or something like yeah. that. Right? Yeah. And secondly, your bio, mm -hmm. right? How it's all worked out for you. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You have no idea whether the person that, that is actually describing you as a piece of work or whatever isn't, isn't a double murderer from somewhere just south of Norwich, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and if you did know that, then you could start to evaluate whether their thought process was worth anything. Uh, that's never going to happen. So that's just, and, and most people think that, I mean, the abuse, the abuse, for instance, handed out to the sports people is absolutely wholly unacceptable, frankly. Completely. And, um, uh, but uh, but I think also I'm, it's the keyboard warrior style thing. They, they're mm. hiding behind uh, uh, this 
this smoke screen, so they can't do anything. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm a Newcastle United supporter for my sins, Kelvin, as you know. So yeah. before um, before Eddie Howe, we had Steve Bruce, and the yeah. amount of abuse that Steve oh. Bruce would get was just unfathomable. It, and yeah. the thing is, is that I'm I'm totally for if you want not abuse, so to speak, but if you're a football manager. Part of your job is to take criticism for yeah. the player selection, the tactics that you make, um, X, Y, and Z about the football club. There's absolutely no need to bring in how he looks. And for the love of God, don't bring in his family. And st- yeah. it's absolutely completely out of order. And some people just take it that, that bit too far. Yes. No, I, I, Newcastle, of course, uh, I think we should have uh, two minutes silence. <laughs> Uh, for uh, for all Newcastle fans right now, um, they appear to be spending money, uh, throwing money around, around like a man with no arms. And yet, and yet, um, it, it it just doesn't it doesn't feel doesn't feel like a team. I mean, it's a massive problem, isn't it? And the pressure on Eddie Howe. Yeah. I mean, were Eddie Howe. Were, were Newcastle to lose, I'm not saying they're going to, but were they to lose the next three or four games, the How Must Go banner, right, would would be probably the largest in uh, Saudi Arabia. And of course, the danger, of course, yeah. for Eddie Howe is that the retribution is, because of the new ownership structure, the retribution may not just be in the shape of getting the sack, of course, because <laughs> there might be a public... Uh, might be some kind of public, you know, <laughs> which really, really be quite, be quite shocking, wouldn't it? Quite shocking. So, um, yeah, I think the abuse on that sports side is, is quite wrong. I understand why people get angry. I mean, I, I, I'm both a Charlton and a Brentford season ticket holder. So uh, the reason I did that was because it meant that at least – Every other Saturday or Saturday, I could go. Yeah. Because one is a 25-mile round trip, another one is a 130-mile round trip. I can go. But also, there might be good news. Yeah. There might, literally, one of them might one, right? Uh, so, Johnny Jackson has a great run as the Charlton manager. Yes. Uh, yeah. Without signing, without actually being signed up to be the manager. He was the interim manager. Mm-hmm. The, minute, the minute he becomes the manager... I think I think now, I think we've lost four out of the last five, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just printing off the uh, Jackson Must Go banner. <laughs> I mean, the, this is the, this is this is what happens in football. You only need to go about about six games before everybody starts getting very very grumpy. Yeah. So, um, as a Newcastle United fan, are you cow optimistic, or or, or does it? Does it have a, a feel of that you might well be playing Preston uh, next season? Um, I, I do believe uh, oh, this is going to start the Twitter war with me. I think is I, I think it's it's been a long long term amount of damage. It's been yeah. we've had years of Mike Ashley not spending enough money. Uh, he spent a bit of bob on players that weren't delivering anything for Joe Linton, for example. However, under Eddie Howe, Joe Linton seems like a different player. He's a he's yeah. ten times better, and it just shows how a, a structure can work. Um, I, I think it's a, a long term. Um, Builds that's going to happen. Look at Man City. Man City were were a long term build. Um, 
Newcastle, maybe Newcastle United need a season in the Championship to get all their affairs in order. As you okay. say, they're throwing okay, well, money explain, everywhere. Say this to me, Cal. They go down. They have a bad run. We'll just say for the sake of argument, they go down. Yep. Does Eddie Howe survive the going down? I think he will. I think he will. I think he will survive the going down. Um, I think... I think there'll be a lot of slack given to him from from supporters right. because he was in, okay. he inherited um, Steve Bruce's squad, Mike Ashley's yeah. stadium, things like that. He inherited that for the most part. So I think now is where the um, the criticism can justifiably come uh, because he can now add team add players to his team that he wants and create it his squad. Um, okay. If maybe the damage is already done for us to go down. We don't know. No one would be surprised if we went down looking at the table and our run of results coming up to then. Um, I know there was a lot of people furious about us losing to Cambridge United in the cup. Um, yeah. And that was disgraceful. However, I do believe we've got a bigger fight on our hands in trying to save relegation and improving our form rather than a good FA Cup run. Uh, that's just my my okay. um, my opinion. But I, I, I think he will keep the keep the safety. There was just such a hatred of Steve Bruce up here. There was huge love for right. Rafa what Benitez. was that? What was what was that about? I think. If, look, I'm no expert on it, but I thought he 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 got you in eleventh place, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. And, and and considering considering there wasn't a load of money about it, wasn't this, wasn't that? He always looked to me. I I, I don't want to be unkind to Mister Bruce, but. He looked and his face had a very curious colour to it, which, indica <laughs> which indicated either high blood pressure or the or that the quality of the Malbec of his was so high that it was beginning to make its way out out of his face. He didn't look right, did he? And, and, and I tell you, he clearly hadn't received the email from the uh, from the uh, local private private hospital indicating that. Uh, that a diet might be helpful. He, he just didn't look right. He, look, he, he always struck me as a very decent sort of bloke. But he... Well, I, I don't think he's a bad man at all. I think he was a, it was a nice bloke. I don't think he was delivering results that we should have. Um, but again, we did finish, finish in a better position than where we were. Um, I think it was partly a hangover of uh, wanting Rafa Benitez to stay, but he went so anybody coming in was going to have a bad battle coming in after Rafa. Um, there was a tiny, tiny bit of that he's managed Sunderland, so that went against some of the diehard fans. Um, and I think ultimately, uh, I think it was kind of he didn't have that bite. He was he was very soft spoken, you know, Kelvin. I've I've been in this game a long time, you know, and I I, I and I, I don't think there was any bite or any drive. Hold on, hold on, hold on, isn't the reality? So I have a a very good mate of mine. Uh, we started together on the Daily Express. Yep. And um, he is a Geordie fan, okay? yep. a, a, a Newcastle fan, and has been, and he's always going on that. Can I be honest with you? If I hear, heard him say War Jackie one more time, <laughs> our friendship will collapse. <laughs> Isn't it true that all Newcastle fans live back in the Intercities Fairs Cup? And Jackie Milburn. And if you took, the, if you went into any pub within seven miles of Newcastle City Centre and you just walked in and shouted out, War Jackie, you would be swamped in free drinks for the evening. Probably, yeah. War Jackie, Bobby Robson, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, any of them, really. Uh, uh, and they, they love their heroes, but they haven't got... They haven't got it and haven't had any modern heroes in... So my friendship with my, with my friend at the Daily Express is literally 50 years. Yeah. Right? So for 50 years, he has been wandering around in the desert. So you must admit, you must have met him just when we won our last cup. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Absolutely true. Well, you didn't tell me that Jackie Milburn was his dad as well. But anyway, look, <laughs> that was it. Okay. Um, well, so what, what do you, what do you, um, what do you make of the media from your eerie in the northeast? Um, I, I do feel it has that. Um outsiders look it has got that as we touched on before it's just london based it's london based um yeah. and we, we we're kind of we're just the northeast you know what i mean and that's that's how it is i i do think there was a lot of um talk about the northern powerhouse but the northern powerhouse didn't come as far north as us uh so it was kind well, it's of... now known as the northern shite house yeah. <laughs> but yeah and the other the other thing it's known as i think is the northern poor house did you hear that no i haven't heard northern poor house no i haven't heard that <laughs> yeah right so so you think that the north that actually and i agree with you that the northern poor house seems to end around about cheshire yeah doesn't it yeah it uh, does. that, that's when the northern powerhouse is is because that's where the former chancellor um had his had his uh, constituency right yeah and therefore that the, the in some strange way that the northeast the great thing about the saudis investing in um, in newcastle is it will if if it's successful the investment, yeah, it will make Newcastle phenomenally attractive, in the sense that no great city must not be matched, cannot cannot be less than matched against a great football, a great football team. And if you've got those two together, I think it brings investment in, it brings tourism in, it brings everything. I mean, if you look, it, even if you go around to the Emirates, the Arsenal. Arsenal, Arsenal would love to have a war jacket in their backyard. They Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Hey, the old Queen died, right? And also be the same at Manchester United. You get loads of fans just, you know, coming from Japan or Korea or something, just walking around having a time, right? That that will come to Newcastle if they find success. But you know, even as big clubs like Spurs have shown, yeah. Um, uh, and what Arsenal in the last since the the Wenger years, it's bloody hard to get great managers and keep them fed and watered. And you know the Chelsea owner has the right idea. No matter how they're doing, boot out the manager, get somebody else. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't think Newcastle United is a case of throwing money at a problem. It's not going to fix anything, just throwing right. money at it. It is going to have to be a building strategy. And that's right. not just Newcastle United. It's the city itself, as you say. And by having a successful football team will, in therefore, build up the area of Newcastle. Because I do yeah. believe that a lot of the time, as you say, the, the, the northern poorhouse, as you're saying, stops at about Cheshire. <laughs> but I believe the northeast, a lot of the time, just get gets clubbed in with Scotland. So a lot of the, a lot of people just think, oh, Newcastle, Sunderland, that sort of way, they're they're closer to 
Edinburgh and Glasgow than they are to London. No. So I, I, is that I, true? I feel, I feel we're... Now, that is shocking. What an appalling idea that Newcastle ended up as one of Sturgeon's stooges. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would... Don't you think that would, that would just about be the end? I, I, think, I think anybody listening to your podcast... Will be appalled, Cal. <laughs> well, I well in that case, I apologise, Calvin. I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> so, throughout your time as, as the editor of the Sun, uh, I, I think, am I fair to say that you were, you're a, um, let's say, I'm trying to be the the nicest. Go on, go on. Well, don't don't be nice. Go on. <laughs> Just plow in. Well, you're polarising. You're controversial, aren't you, Calvin? Yeah, yeah sure. Well, look, I had a view. And sometimes it was right, sometimes it was wrong. And by the way, it wasn't only the, it wasn't only the readers who, who objected to the view; the owner yeah. objected to it. You know, I mean, you know, give El Rupert his due. You know, he, he wasn't he wasn't shy in coming forward and indicating that I was I was an idiot. And um, and it was uh, and it could be pretty painful, but it toughened you up for life. Yeah, Cal. Once you've had a good old kicking from old Rupert, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Nobody could ever give you a kick, which yeah. would represent anything quite as serious. Is is, is Rupert still that way? Is he still? Well, well, hold on. He's ninety. He's got he's got one foot in the grave. The only and and, and he's got a fourth wife, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm not sure how much mummies and daddies are still taking place. You know, I think I think uh, when he goes, Pfizer goes, yeah. and. Uh, and uh, so uh, I, uh, I look. He'll have a view. He will have a view. And by God, commercially, if not in his marital life, he's had had very successful views. Yeah. And um, and he's making a big bet right now. He's making a big bet on Piers Morgan making a successful, you know, any time now over the next month or so, um, uh, television station. Yes. And it's not easily done. No. I mean, Piers is a great talent. Yeah. And, um, but an entire station based around Piers, that, that's going to be a hard go. Oh, absolutely. It definitely And I'm told be. within, I'm told within news that they're saving, they're looking down the back of sofas and everything to find the money, hmm. uh, to pay for, uh, to pay for, uh, this television launch. I mean, after all, he's paying he's paying Piers fifty million quid over three wow. years, wow. which is only slightly less a than you're making for this podcast, <laughs> and and is and is definitely less than Eddie Howe's making at Newcastle. <laughs> well, Kelvin, I've said that you you were controversial. Um, I think you were. I, I I never had a had a problem with with you at Love Sport or anything like that, but you ha, you do hear stories in the media that you were a bit of a tyrant going round. Oh yeah, at, yeah, at, no, at, I love that at, at the at Sun. At uh, w- would you be able to use that management style now? No, definitely not. Definitely not. You've got to ask how people are. Right? <laughs> how are you? <laughs> and 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 uh, you know. And and that is true. And, and the, the simplest answer is uh, not to get involved uh, with uh, with your colleagues. Yeah. So I, I, I think at the top of most companies, you're basically talking to about three people. You'd be talking to to the the, the finance guy, 
the marketing guy and and the head of content and you wouldn't speak to everybody, everybody else you'd just say good morning to because if you didn't say good morning to when they were let go right for being complete dumbcocks right <laughs> And it just cost the company, you know, 150,000 quid thanks to their bloody stupidity. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, right? Instead, you cannot. It is very, very difficult. So you let somebody go. And they can make up any kind of aggression they like against you. You know, you are sexist, homophobic, racist, bullying, this, that, and the other. So the best way to deal with it is just not get involved yeah. in the conversation. Uh, I literally could never have acted in the in the in the old in the in the previous way. Absolutely could not. Yeah. In fact, the reality is, I would have been fired. <laughs> You'd have, I would have been fired. So speed saying, dial. That's what happened. <laughs> hey? Yeah, my, my yeah, yeah, you're right. The HR department. Hello. Uh, somebody said that you've just been horrible to them. <laughs> yes, I have been horrible to them because actually we managed to print the entire story upside down. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, uh, that's not acceptable under Clause 80. You know, the, tr the, the reality reality is uh, a lot of that has to go. You can't raise your voice, you can't do this, you just have to say, look, it, it may be a good thing. It may be, well, it may be a good thing right now because there's, there's less employee. There are there are more bosses than there are jobs. Yeah, to be filled, which is an incredibly a, a great thing. And who the hell ever worked that out? So Labour are completely up shit creek because they're shouting out, yeah, you know, free beer for all the workers all day long. Yeah, and um, and the reality is that that the, the the pay for the employee is going to go up. Yeah, we, because. This kind of conversation, and this is not a money-making conversation, but everybody's coming up with ideas. Yeah. You can have as many ideas as you like. You also need people to do them. Yeah. The, the idea that you're going to be sitting there doing 20, 18, 24 hours a day is a complete bloody waste of time. So it's never going to happen. So, yes, I would have been fired in the old days. <laughs> and actually, actually, my many critics, and I know you're going to find this a surprise, girl. There are some. Um, and um, they... Uh, uh, they would have been, they would have been delighted. You can't survive in the manner in which I acted today. It's true. Do you know that was one of the things that when I was coming down to to love sports stuff, there was always you were always sat up at the top with with the with Steve Hodge and, and all, yeah. all the other guys, and yeah. I'd come in and I'd say hello to you, and then I would scuttle off down to the other end of the office, and everyone would look at me as if I was mad to to. To to go and say hello to you, and I said, "Well, yeah. I said he's just a he's just a bloke as well." But I think yeah. it's an old bloke. Okay. In fact. <laughs> it's an old bald bloke. Yeah. yeah, I said well, he's just a bloke. I said uh, if he has anything to say to me, he'll tell me. He's not he's not shy. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's, I think everyone had this have this fear over the boss, not not specifically you, but over the boss in general. Yeah. In that anytime they speak to a boss, they're gonna get fired. That's that's what the yeah. sort of fear that they have. But, but, but that moment surely, Cal, that moment must be going with the fact that there are there are not enough employees and there are too many bosses. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. I think everybody's got it in their head that they can go and make it on their own, and 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 it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's, it's tough. tough. Of course, it is. It's really tough, really, really yeah. tough. And and I think people 
once people do that and they let's say for example they fail or have moderate success or not enough success to what they want they they realize the stress that the boss can be under um and it possibly makes them a better employee by by failing if that makes sense I, i i totally agree i mean this is one of the problems with uh, the NHS and teaching, uh, there's always plenty of jobs there. And they, the, the problem with it is everybody does good jobs. I don't deny they're good jobs. But the money comes in without them having to close a deal. They haven't got to get a sale. Yeah. They haven't got to come up with some rather clever software. I'm not saying this doesn't happen. And I'm not saying there aren't very, very clever people in there. But until you've had the pain of not being able to you know, pay the wage bill or, yeah. you know, not being able to do X, Y, and Z, I, I, I don't think you really understand. I'm not in favour of a Boris Trump. I'm not in favour of a journal being the Prime Minister. I think it's absolutely preposterous, <laughs> frankly, you know, because, uh, because you can write your views, but without a consequence. Whereas most things in life, there is a consequence of what you do. So, oh, Boris is sitting there. Oh, I don't drink a lot of and um and uh, i'm i'm astonished that he ended up as prime minister yeah and uh, i think i think most people would have been but however he got elected twice in london yeah. as mayor he's got something because you couldn't get elected you couldn't a tory outside boris to get elected in london going forward non-existent no chance whatsoever well, he's got. He must have the same thing as Trump because he got elected as well. We got the same hairdresser, Kelvin, the greatest, the greatest hairdresser <laughs> all around, the greatest hairdresser. I've got two more questions for you, Kelvin. Okay. Number, number one, what's next for you? I know you're working on a book, is that right? But what's next? I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've written a book and I'm actually rewriting it following following um, some help from a lawyer. And uh, <laughs> and, so, and you'll be pleased to know, Cal, it's gone from. 8,000 words, 80, no, sorry, 85,000 words. At, at the last count, it was 3,600. <laughs> but, but the lawyer, but the lawyer was pleased. And um, I've got a, uh, I've got, just trying to put it together. I'm not going to talk about it now, but I've got a, a, a little idea I'm trying to uh, put together right now. And we'll see whether it happens. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, Murdoch remains an inspiration, and if he can keep going, spending fifty million quid at ninety, I can certainly go ahead with spending eighteen quid at seventy-five. <laughs> well, in that case, can I lend a tenner, Kelvin? Is that all right? Can I lend a tenner? <laughs> you, I, I, I'm looking to raise money, Kelvin. I'll, I'll <laughs> and a final question for you, Kelvin: Who would you like to see on this podcast? On this one, I tell you who I'd like to see you interview i'm not sure how you get on with them but i would definitely like to see you interview simon jordan uh from Talksport. yep um uh i'm not sure that you'd be able to you'd be able to fit his ego inside a zoom call but um <laughs> uh i i think he'd be an interesting guy he's he, he's been a winner and a loser and taking your line and my line i think that makes them a more interesting person Kelvin, thank you so much for coming on to the Cal Halbert podcast. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Cal. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Cal Halbert Podcast. 
And there we have it, my friends. There is episode two of season two of the Callahalbert podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please, please, please give it a share. And if you can, give us five stars. That really, really helps us out for other people to find the episode and find the podcast. If you want to continue supporting the podcast, you absolutely can. We have our very own patron, so go to patreon.com forward slash Calvert, and you can help support covering the costs of this episode. It would be absolutely amazing if you could do that. But until next time, bye-bye. The Cal Halbert Podcast. You've been listening to a Calvert Media production.